The business of learning is changing. Learn how to prepare your organization and work with your team to thrive as the demand for learning and development continues to rise. Tune in every week to hear from your host, Casper Spilo, and a range of experts and decision makers as we tackle what this means for L&D professionals, their employees, and business leaders. Now here's your host, Casper Spiro. Hi, welcome to this new episode of our podcast. So today we'll discuss uh, the changes that are affecting the work of instructional designers. So that world is changing rapidly. So what we see happening is that a lot of, uh, especially corporates, uh, their learning department, they get way, way more requests for learning. So all kind of problems that can be solved with learning or, or not sometimes. Uh, but uh, what we see is that those requests get more specific, uh, they get more specialized, and they are very often for smaller groups. And um, it's just not possible for the learning and development department to deliver all those courses. It's just not working for them. So what you see, there's a growing backlog, but also they have like all kinds of priorities, like the big importance top-down courses about uh, compliance and security and onboarding you have to create versus all these requests. So that is a, ch- uh, a really big challenge. And the reasons why that is, this is changing is the, the, the speed of the business is increasing. We see that happening. So it might not be the case for like the factories where brick and mortar is not changing that fast, but a lot of departments like marketing, sales, legal, finance, all these things, we see that the speed of change is ever increasing. Also, it tends that a lot of companies get more and more international, more and more specialized. So even if it's like a generic topic, you still have to localize it for certain uh, uh, countries. And you need to take, for example, legislation into account or certain cultural aspects. So it's not just like one big course that you can push. You have to be more specific than that. We also see a higher turnover employees. So we have the great resignation, people going for retirement. Well, uh, we had another episode on that. So it means that you have to train more new uh, employees. So the onboarding is increasing. Um, but it's not only the creation, uh, which is an issue, which, which is, by the way, so uh, if an instructional designer speed and cost uh, of the creation of that content is an issue. Uh, so especially, specifically, if it's a small uh, course for a small audience, then very, it's very hard to get like a return on investment of that. So it's just too expensive to do it with an instructional designer. But on top of that, it's also maintenance is always an issue because the instructional designers are not connected to the business. So if something changes in the business, instructional designer is not aware. So maintenance should also, and in my mind also as creation is, be the responsibility of the business. On top of that, also capacity is an issue. So uh, we have shortages uh, everywhere in people and instructional designers are no different. So uh, a lot of vacancies there. So that's a whole bunch of reasons why we need to look at content creation in corporates in a different way. So uh, as I explained in another podcast, our approach is to give the employees the ability to create courses by themselves. So we call that approach employee generated learning. It's the, in my mind, the best strategy to adapt to all these changes. It will create content faster. Uh, it can be uh, valid for smaller uh, courses with specific audiences. It is uh, cheaper and it will actually give you extra capacity and it will solve the problem of maintenance, all that. 
But it does mean a big change for instructor designers. In the old days, they were the people who created all training material, and that is no longer the case. So what does it mean? It means that they can focus on two things. On one end, I think they should focus on the high stake, high important content that's still there. So what I call top-down content, content that you need to push into your organization. And it's not a huge amount of content, but it's really important content. So we are talking about compliance training, security training, onboarding training, things that you as an organization must have and want to push down to your, uh, to your uh, employees. Um, so on one hand, they should focus on that, but that means that there's a large body of content courses or content that needs to be created that it will not be addressed by instructional designers, but they do have a role there. So they basically need to guide the superintendent experts who will create that content. And there's a whole bunch of roles. So first they can, help them design a course. So make sure that uh, it's didactical sounds, that it's a proper uh, course, it's not too content heavy, it's not too big and all those things. So designing is a big part. Co-creating can be something. So they can actually help authors write, learn them how to write in a course, edit things, so uh, sort of create together with them. Or uh, on a bit of a higher level, you can coach them how to do things in a smart way. Sometimes it's even managing SMEs. So instead of creating courses themselves and, and interviewing SMEs, they can sort of ask SMEs to create a course for them. So then they have to manage that process. The interesting thing there is that as an instructional designer, not only can you focus on the more important courses for your, for your own design work, but also you will be able to have a way bigger impact because if you are guiding a whole bunch of SMEs creating courses, you can help them create better courses and the impact of your instruction design knowledge and your instruction design capacity will be way bigger than if you would do all the work yourself. And it is faster, it's cheaper and more maintainable, but also it can be really interesting because maybe the courses that they create are not like in your mind a 10, they're probably good enough and that's where, where your role is. Make sure they're good enough for the purpose they need to service. And that way you can have a way bigger impact on your business. Um, from that perspective, it's also really interesting. Uh, what we see, there are like two sorts of employee generated learning and the role of an instructional designer differs from one or the other. So one is what we call the regulated approach. Basically the instructional designer there has a huge role in the creation or in the whole process. So very often it's an instructional designer who gets assigned to create a course, but instead of normally starting to write it and asking people uh, information and interviewing them, he will ask them to write it for him or her. And, and then the SMEs, the certain experts, they will create it. And the, the instructional designer will do all the roles I just mentioned, co-creating, designing, coaching, managing, things like that but he's still very much in charge. The instructional designer is in the lead. They take the initiative, they guide the SME through the process, they very often will do the governance, and they are responsible for the final decision on publishing it, how to publish it, and make sure that it's being published. So the whole process is managed by an instructional designer, only the actual writing, and also, by the way, the maintenance is done by an SME. So it's like a, a small augmentation of the normal instructional design process. The other one is a democratized employee generated learning, which is way more open. Basically then you give a tool like Easy Generator to anyone who wants that, and you see it much more as knowledge sharing. 
and then the role of a uh, instruction designer is way smaller. It's just making sure things happen, keep an eye on things, making sure that uh, people are uh, that questions being answered but very often. Then the role is much more of creating like a body of knowledge around the, the topics on creating courses and, and things like that. Make sure there's like a small community where people can ask questions and things like that. So it's a really different approach. So regulated is really an augmentation of the existing process. Democratized employee-generated learning is really different and a really different role for instruction designers. And I have some tips. So if you are an instruction designer and you are not the one who will actually write the course, you will be sort of like a broker for content. So it's one of your roles, especially if you are in more in the regulated approach, it's your role to find the right SMEs to create content and to maintain it and to make sure that they know uh, how to do that. And it's your role to guard the quality there. Also, you don't have to do everything one-on-one. -on -one. So you have to create like a central body of knowledge with guidance, best practices, tips, tricks, insights, uh, good examples, things like that. So people can go to a certain place and get information. So you don't have to answer everything by yourself or with your colleagues. And create, if you need it, a governance process. Make sure that people are aware of the checks and balances and make sure there that you make a difference between an, uh, a review of the content, if that is correct, which is not something for you, which is something for other SMEs, other experts to do, and the uh, didactical uh, soundness of a course. And finally, consider the impact you can have. So a way if you want to create something yourself or if you want to help somebody else do that, and especially in the second case, you can do way more and your impact will be way bigger than if you do everything with your own hand. So basically that's how uh, I look at the, the changing role of an instructional designer. So it's interesting times, but I think that uh, in the end, even for instructional designers where you can look at this as a challenge, it's also something that they can actually benefit from a lot. So it makes a lot of things really interesting. Thank you for your attention. This podcast is brought to you by Easy Generator, an easy-to-use authoring tool for subject matter experts. At Easy Generator, we want to empower employees in the business to capture and share their knowledge. How do we do it? By designing an intuitive and simple platform that anyone can use to create learning content for their organizations. To learn more, visit us at easygenerator.com.